When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Your cousin's talking about the new lottery app. Huh. You can pick your numbers by just shaking your phone now, apparently. And maybe then you think, well, if someone's going to win it, why not me? Shake, pick and play with the new app. The National Lottery. It could be you. Play responsibly, play for fun. You are very welcome to the Final Furlong Podcast and thank you so much for joining us. I'm your host, Emmett Kennedy. We'll have Rory DeLarge and we'll also have the return of James Norris a little bit later on as we'll be going in quest of weekend winners. First of all, I'm delighted to say that once again, we're joined on the podcast by a man who is currently at the sales, in case you hadn't guessed already, and that is the return to the podcast of Dunnick O'Brien. Dunnick, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Emmett. Good to, good to be back on. How insane have the sales been so far? The numbers have been astronomical. Yeah, look, the um, the top of the market is still very strong. Um, obviously, the good horses with good pedigrees are still making um, making a lot of money. Um, maybe the, the probably middle to the lower of this sale is probably a little bit weaker, but um, look, it's good to see the top of the market hold up well anyway. Yeah, I spoke with Jimmy George from Tattersalls last week and, and he was saying that he was slightly concerned about how the market would play out, but I'm sure they're delighted with how things have played out so far. Although I did see a, a Galileo sell for 95 grand yesterday, which means maybe maybe that Galileo is missing a leg or something. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, the numbers have been eye-watering so far and, and long may it continue because that's very important for the market. Um, Donica, the, the reason I've, I've brought you on is to talk about a horse that you very kindly spoke to us about at the very start of the season, and you were very bullish about her and very excited about her, and that horse is Fancy Blue. Uh, before we reflect on her fantastic career for you, um, can you just explain to us a little bit about the injury she picked up and um, and what's led to her retirement? Yeah, it's just it's a it's a it's a tendon tendon injury in one of her front legs. Um, look, she was just doing normal canters, and um, there's a little bit of heat and a bit of filling in one of her legs after after the work, and uh, we got it scanned, and there was a there was a, a slight um, injury to the tendon, and um, sometimes those injuries can be very hard to come back from, and um, there's no guarantee whether they'll race again with them with them anyway. So um, look, the decision was made to retire her. She's obviously a very very valuable filly at the broodmare, and um, look, she's she owes us nothing. She's she's um she's been fantastic for us, and, and um, I know it's. It's a slight injury, but at the same time, it's good to see her. She's going to have a a, a long, um, happy, and and um, 
healthy retirement, hopefully. It's the kind of injury it sounds like that we've heard about with Gold Cup horses in the past, and they've they've never really come back to being themselves. So retirement very much is, by the sounds of things, the, the best thing for her. And aside from her racing career, her pedigree is absolutely exceptional. I mean, this is one of the things that I was talking to you about that I was so excited about. Uh, by Deep Impact, out of a full sister to High Chaparral. So for her yeah. to, to do what she did for you, second in a 1,000 guineas, winner of a French Oaks, pre to Diane to give it its, its proper title, and then to go to Goodwood and win the NASA Stakes as well. I mean, she was an incredible flagship horse for you in your first season. Yeah, absolutely. No, she um, she's got an incredible pedigree. Um, she was obviously a very, very good, good racehorse. So, um, I mean, fillies like her, you can't really put a value on them, you know. So, um, look, she's she's a very special filly. Obviously, she's uh, she's one that will always be special to me. She um, you know, got me and got all our yard going and um, gave us our first big big days. So, um, no, she she'll always be uh, very special to me. And and um, obviously, she's hugely exciting going forward as a mare. And what do you expect from her as a as a broodmare, being out of a, a full sister to High Chaparral and being by Deep Impact? Who ideally would you see her cross with? Um, yeah, look, I, I don't know. I didn't. Um, it's not my job to be uh, making them kind of decisions, but um, I think she has a few options. Um, one that uh, came up was possibly Wolf Bastard. Obviously, he's um, he's made a hugely, a very exciting start as as a stallion. He's been recently acquired by Coolmore, um, and I'm pretty sure she can go to him as a cross. Um, and I think there's a, there's a few others as well. Look, I don't have the pedigrees in front of me to know what you can do, but um, look, she's she, she's going to be very exciting no matter who she goes to. And I hope you're having a word with Mr. John Magner, Derek Smith, and Michael Tabor to ensure that you train the offspring. I'm uh, I'm very happy with what I'm getting at and I'm most certainly not going to be asking for any more. Um, speaking of uh, of talented offspring, Shale, uh, who you'd outlined for the Phillies Mile, we're hopefully going to see her this weekend. She turned the form around with Pretty Gorgeous, having beaten her previously at Leopardstown. I thought she was deadly the last day. Uh, and she's a filly I really like as well. By uh, uh, Galileo, out of Homecoming Queen, the 1,000 guineas winner. Um, how is she? And uh, how excited are you? Yes, she's good. She's in good form. Um, I, I, I'm obviously, we're really looking forward to Friday. Um, so it's, it's one of the, the big races of, um, of an 80s Phillies career. Um, so look, it looks to be a very, very deep race. Um, you know, whoever wins this will, you know, probably likely be champion two-year-old filly in Europe. Um, all the good fillies around are, are showing up. So it's going to be a very competitive race and uh, we're very excited about it. And how do you feel about reposing with your brother again? Yeah, it, it's, um, it's going to be interesting, I think. Um, he beat us quite convincingly. And, and um, you know, after that, I was kind of accepting that she was, the, she was probably the better filly, um, albeit in ground that didn't suit us. Uh, we went to the Moigler and, and I thought Shale was very impressive. I thought she turned the form around, you know, quite convincingly. I thought there was no excuses for either of them. Um, I think I think the mile is probably going to suit my one. However, the ground might suit Joss's one. So, um, look, it's going to it's going to be very interesting. It's a very good race, and then you know you have um, John Gosling's filly on top of it to mm-hmm. see what the form line form lines are like in comparison to Ireland and England. So it's um, you know it's it, it's a very good race. It's going to be a fantastic race. Is, does the ground concern you at all? The fact that Pretty Gorgeous beat her on soft, but on good ground, uh, she's beaten Pretty Gorgeous twice. 
Yeah, look, I think I think my own goes in, in soft ground, but I think um, it's quite obvious that she's probably slightly below her best in it. Um, so the more the ground dries out, the better. Um, I think speaking to the clerk of the course, we have fresh ground that hasn't been used in, in quite some time for the race, um, so that will help. Um, look, I think I think obviously the ground will be um, slightly in favour of Pretty Gorgeous rather than Shale. But um, I mean, I think he has two lengths to make up on us from the Curra, so it's you know it might make it closer. But um, look, it'll be exciting, and, and uh, looking forward to seeing what happens. And speaking of looking forward to seeing what happens, who else are you looking forward to seeing out soon? I can't let you go without asking you for one or two cheeky horses to watch out for seeing as you were so kind to us with Fancy Blue anything that we should be looking out for and putting into our trackers um, well look I suppose Shale is our she's our, our flagship at the minute now with, with, with Fancy Blue obviously retiring um, we have some we have some some nice nice two year olds um, some an unexposed one one is April Showers who, who won a maiden quite well in um, in Navin and she's going to run at the Curra Sunday um, all being well um, she's so a nice pedigree she's, too. she's another exciting one yeah she's one that that we could possibly see as Noakes if she, if she turned out that level um, we're looking forward to her um, but no look, we've had a nice um, exciting horses and um, obviously at the sales and I'm trying to pick up a few more the uh, the very best of luck to you at the sales I'll let you get back to it it's absolute mayhem there Donica you're incredibly kind of your time yet again I'm sorry that uh, you've had to retire Fancy Blue but what an incredible career she had for you and hopefully Shale can follow in her hoof steps and who knows April Showers may develop into a superstar on Sunday as well looking forward to seeing her on Racing TV Donica O'Brien a pleasure chatting to you as always and best of luck at the sales no problem thank you always it was a pleasure to get to talk to Donnick O'Brien. It's hard to believe he's Ireland's youngest trainer and has had so much success already. Also, ap- apologies for the quality of the line. I imagine that everybody is on their phone. Uh, I can just imagine John Magner right now on, on his phone uh, trying to secure bids. And um, the bidding process has been extraordinary to say the least as Donica was saying but pleasure to talk to him as always and uh, please God we'll chat to him again soon in terms of the sales we've got a lot to talk about on Monday's show Sarah Lynham is back delighted that Sarah is back Uh, we'll have another guest on the show as well Uh, so we'll get into the sales uh, the top end of the figures and if you didn't listen to the podcast uh, involving the Breeders' Cup and uh, because there was a lot of shows that I did last week uh, the most important of them being with Kevin Tobin I'll chat about that again a little bit later on but um, Jimmy George from Tattersalls and um, uh, Josh from the Breeders' Cup uh, had a lot of interesting things to say on the pod last week so if you're interested in that kind of thing check Check it out. Available on SoundCloud and all good podcast apps. Uh, now, though, it is the turn of the winners. Uh, and a warm welcome back to the show. It's Mr. James Norris. James, welcome back to the show, my friend. It's been too long. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's great to be great to be back on to talk about some good two-year-olds. And it's my fault uh, for not having you on for this long, but corrected and uh, corrected going forward as well, for that matter. Uh, I became a bit lazy in terms of um, uh, booking people, uh, not to say anything bad about the people that we've had on, uh, but um, hopefully James will be on an awful lot more. And also, a huge announcement. A massive congratulations to a man who I cannot think of anybody more deserving in racing of his own column with one of the biggest 
sporting sites in the world, on the planet, in the man himself, Mr. Rory Delargy. This is David Massey, isn't it? <laughs> Rory, sporting life, Delargy himself. Welcome back to the Final Furlan podcast, my friend. Thank you very much indeed for having me, and uh, thanks for the, the reception that um, uh, that our column has uh, has got thus far, despite the fact that it's mostly been tipping up non-runners. Uh, <laughs> Did you hear our ARC podcast? You were part of it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, that's a, it's an exciting it's an exciting venture, and I'm absolutely delighted to uh, to be back in the uh, in the saddle with with uh, Mr. Massey, who is who's been a great friend over the years. Um, and we were talking just a month or so ago about the prospect of him having to get a normal job because uh, it's so hard to to uh, uh, to earn a crust as a, a freelancer. So this has come along at the at the right time, and um, it's. It's a good, a great opportunity for um, uh, for the pair of us, and it's um, he's always great fun to work with. So hopefully that works out really well. Well, I, I don't know Mr. Massey personally, but if you say good things, that's good enough for there me. Isn't, there, there isn't a man or woman in God's earth who's met David Massey who doesn't like him. Well, in that case, there are plenty who've met me and don't like me, but um, oh, there's plenty, plenty of plenty who've met me who don't like me. Uh, plenty who've met James Norris who love him. So it's a it's a strange old world. Uh, but if we can get David on the podcast someday with yourself, then let's do he, that. Yeah, yeah, he would. I'm sure he'd be delighted. Yeah. Uh, let well then let's make that happen. We'll um, we'll we'll put that down in the diary. We'll make sure that we actually make that happen um in terms of the sporting life column uh wh- how regular is it and um is there a, a specific link is the link just going to be on your on your twitter page or when you go on to sportinglife.com oh, will point. it be there I, yeah i must do that actually that's a very good point um i will i'll put a link up on the uh, on my twitter profile because um at the moment it's just got something random on it from olivia coleman uh, <laughs> i wonder who that quote was from <laughs> It was from that private message that uh, Lawrence Fox uh, uh, tweeted that he got from from Olivia Coleman, which uh, say no more. Anyway, uh, yeah, I will do that. Uh, it's seven days a week, um, and the, the fundamentally, I think the idea is to get it out at about five thirty, six o'clock in the evening. So it will mostly be based on on um, early price value. But there'll also be suggestions and recommendations um, uh, that aren't um, that aren't staked up as well. So you know, keep your eye on this. If this drifts to a decent price, it's worth having a look at. And you know, uh, there'll be there'll be uh, potentially horses to be against at short short odds. What you tend to find, uh, we had a classic um, yesterday where, in a twelve runner uh, chase, I suggested that uh, the paper favourite um, wouldn't be able to dominate and was a. Was a lay. Of course, nine of those runners came out of that race. Oh no! <laughs> Leaving the uh, uh, the favourite to to stroll home by two fences. Lovely. Um, but if you but if you'd laid it, you'd have been matched at one point one eight in the first place. Absolutely crazy that um, you know either the ground's too soft for them or at Ludlow yesterday the ground ends up being quicker than everyone's expecting and you end up having a massive raft of non-runners um, but yeah that's, that's half, the, half the problem with doing something that comes out the day before but um, there's lots of those scenarios where you see horses that are overpriced and you you, you, you know you want to back them at SP but you think they might collapse um, hopefully those will hold up well enough for people to um, to punt them but there'll be, there'll, there'll be lots of other information in there as well and um, you know, for those who who know Dave, uh, he absolutely loves 
terrible, terrible handicap chases. Um, so if you if you want to have a bet in the derby, um, you've you've come to the wrong place. But if you if you need to know what's going to win and not to ninety five at Fontwell, um, you'll be surprised and delighted. Right. Well, hey, I like money, and uh, to quote the wire. I'll take any motherfucker's money if they've given it away. So uh, let's get them on and let's talk about terrible handicap chases. Uh, it's not too long before the jumps is back properly as well. May I also uh, congratulate you? I'm not going to call you the winner just yet, but oh. currently the Racing Post Coral Naps Table, which is worth £6,000, four bags to the winner, sees Rory DeLarge leading to a one-pound level stakes profit of £117.58. His nearest pursuer? Carl Headley from the Irish Post. £50.14. £50. And after that, £30.17. You're all not fit to look to lick Rory's boots. I take that back if you're going to be coming on the show soon. Uh, but Rory, it looks like it's in the bag. So um, best of luck to you. And uh, I, yeah, well, yeah. Thank you, thank you. With eight days of this competition to run, uh, thank you for uh, for absolutely kiboshing it. Oh yeah, at the last minute. Bit, bit like the Kim Yours, guaranteed to be the race that's going to be disqualified. Oh no, I've just lost out and winning a thousand two hundred pounds, but I'm not bitter at all. Right, uh, let's talk about some racing, shall we? The Phillies Mile, or Bet365 Phillies Mile, to give it its full title, uh, is going to be a fascinating race. Dunnick has already spoken about shale and isn't as concerned about the ground as some may be, despite the fact that she has lost to pretty gorgeous on soft ground in the past. Uh, Isabel Giles is is in here, a uh, favourite of Rory's, who just keeps on winning, uh, and yet is a best price of 11-2 to 2 currently uh, for the Roonies, uh, Clive Cox and Adam Kirby. Uh, pretty gorgeous for Joseph O'Brien and Shane Cross, 7-2. to 2. Shale is 3-1 to 1 second favourite, um, or is actually, I should say, 3-1 to 1 joined favourite with the George Strawbridge-owned, John Gosden-trained and Rab Havlin-ridden Indigo Girl. Uh, daughter of Dubawi, uh, who's been very, very impressive on her first two starts. Uh, James, let's hear from you, first of all. Uh, you were excited to talk about juvenile races. This is the Phillies mile. We seem to be getting the right Phillies for the race. Who are you on in the first race we're talking about on the Final Furlong podcast, Friday, 3.35 at Newmarket? Well, I think this is a bit of a nightmare, this race, because you've got, you've got to work out whether Shale's going to be pretty gorgeous. You've got to work out how good Indigo Girl could be, whether she's going to blur it mentally, or, and then you've got to decide whether you trust the time Times people who suggest Isabella Giles is really, really good, or you look at the sort of bare form and you start to question it. Um, I, I, I suspect Shale will confirm the form with pretty gorgeous. It's just she's a Galileo filly trained by an O'Brien. They tend to just keep improving at this stage. Um, I appreciate the, the, the issue is probably the ground, but. Um, I suspect she'll come on top out of those two. Uh, one thing I would say about Shale is you'll hear, I suspect, a lot of people saying daughter of 1,000 guineas winner, homecoming queen, but that does need a big asterisk that race. Cause... <laughs> a massive, a Hawkwing level asterisk. <laughs> well, just, well, I just remember it's very well. Cause... Margin, 1,000 guineas winner, homecoming queen. Sorry? Say, say that again. Wide margin. said wide margin. Yeah, hence, yeah. hence why Hawkwing levels. It was like, yeah. is it was, this too was... good to be, be true? 
Well, no, it was because there was the explanation for that was that there was a they were all in the stalls apart from two of them. And Charlie Hills Philly had a horrendous incident, and so they were stuck there for sort of twenty five minutes apart from these two, and they ended up finishing first and second. And Homecoming Queen was one of them. So I'll always always need to remember that as an asterisk for that race. But anyway, that's irrelevant. Um, but yes, I, the one I think is potentially a big price is is Zabiel Queen. Um, she was behind Indigo Girl at Doncaster, but she was caught on the wing for two furlongs. Um, she got very, very keen. And Andrea Anzani sort of understood what was going on and wasn't too hard on her, but she finished quite well. She won a really hot little maiden at Ascot before that. Um, I just think if something's going to get involved, it's not from the obvious three or four, it's her. Um, I think a, there is a chance that Indigo Girl could outclass them just because she's sort of bred to be a proper three-year-old middle-distance filly and she's already doing this. But I do worry, you know, when she comes under pressure, is she going to go sideways? If she gets caught on the wing herself, is she going to wander about and, and hand it to someone else? So it's, I think it's not one to be confident on for me, this race. But if, if there's one at a decent price, it's probably Zabil Queen. Rory, for you. Yeah, it's. Uh, I take uh, James's points there. They're possibly the most interesting race, um, aside from the the ongoing battle between Pretty Gorgeous and, and Shale, which is is very interesting in its own in its own right. Um, uh, the May Hill at uh, Doncaster, where Zabil Queen was favourite and finished um, third, and um, Indigo Girl won that and seemed to win with with a fair bit in hand, although it it was. Um, wasn't an exceptional time, all things considered, uh, but she looked she looked like you know she was she was green and she she ran all the way across the track in the closing stages. Uh, and you like to think that you know when they get her sorted out, she's going to be a lot better. But sometimes these quirky fillies are not so easy to sort out. And you have to say that you know even even Ram Havlin's mum would say that um, Frankie Dettori off and Ram Havlin back on is not necessarily a massive plus. Um, with a tricky filly. Mm-hmm. I think he's, I believe Rap Havlin's still looking for his first Group 1 winner. He's been writing for John for John Gosden for 20-odd years. Um, and he's still looking for his first Group 1. So it's a big opportunity for, for Rab here. But a filly like Indigo Girl is going to be well-suited by Doncaster. Sort of wide open spaces, track to sort of gradually, you know, largely fat, gradually climbs in the last uh, furlong or so. Uh, and she was able to uh, to sort of ease her way into the race on the right side of the track um, before showing her greenness and, and drifting badly uh, left in the closing stages. As James says, the Beale Queen was not particularly well suited by by the way that that race panned out, and she was she was favourite in the first place. Um, I th- I mean I don't like punting in, in two year old races with limited form because you end up making snap judgments about horses based on one or two runs. Um, you know, one run ago we thought the Beale Queen. Um, uh, was a fair bit better um, than uh, uh, than the Gosden filly and Dugo girl. And now after, after one run where things went well for one and went badly for the other, um, we're going the other way. And Indigo girl's definitely much better than Zabiel Queen. They've only raced twice. Um, you know, anything could happen with them. And again, if you look at this race last year and, and track how the... Um, this looked a really good contest last year. Look how the... Um, uh, the main contenders came out of it. You thought you learned an awful lot about the about the horses here. Quadrilateral, quadrilateral beat Powerful Breeze. We've not seen Powerful Breeze again. Quadrilateral has been disappointing. Uh, Love and uh, and Kay and Pepper look to be put firmly in their place. Love's been the outstanding filly of the season. So, you know, it's it's just and I'm one of I'm one of the outstanding fillies of the last ten years. So you don't necessarily learn as much as you'd like to about about high class fillies from one or two runs. Um, 
I would struggle to back Indigo Girl at this track, given the way she she uh, went at, at Doncaster, even though I thought there was potentially an awful lot more to come from her. I think she probably is very good. But this is a tough race for, for a filly showing so much inexperience. Um, the fact that she's worn a hood since her debut suggests that she's, she's always been flighty at home. Uh, and she could easily get herself in trouble in the dip if she's not running in a straight line. And also, Newmarket is not, not necessarily the best track to be trying to come from the back, which she's done in her two starts. She'd have to be ridden slightly differently to give herself every chance here, and that's that um, counts against her. I'm going to go with Isabella Giles again. Um, I'm not absolutely mad in the idea of her coming back again to Newmarket so soon, um, two weeks after um, uh, after winning the Rockville. Uh, but she deserves her um, her crack at um, at a really big prize. Slight worry that it's you know it might be one race too far for her. But she's very straightforward. She's very genuine. She's always looked like she would benefit from a step up to a mile in time. I, I'd rather they wait until next year to step her up to a mile. To be perfectly honest, but I can understand why connections want to go for for the uh, the Phillies mile. You want to win the big prizes if you're if you're in the um, in the game for the glory. Um, as a daughter of Ballardo, we know the ground suits her. Um, there was a bit of ease in it last time. It was very soft, but she won well at Goodwood. I know people have, have different views about how that panned out. I thought she won very easily that day. And I thought, I mean, I made the point, I thought she should have been favourite for that anyway. Mm. Um, and I thought she won with plenty to spare last time. I, this is a tougher ask. And and she can't boss these opponents, but I don't think she needs to as such. I think um, I just think she'll be well, well positioned and will give her running. She may well find something um, that's a little better than her in the race, but I still think she's going to be overpriced uh, and she looks pretty solid each way. How soft is this ground going to be, Rory? not going to be bottomless. It's going to be soft, soft. Okay. Uh, from, from what I can read, um, you know, it's, uh, uh, there's not an awful lot more rain to hit Newmarket, according to the forecast, just a, you know, a little bit of showers uh, between now and the weekend. Um, so it'll be... Uh, it's not going to be getting deeper. It, it look, you know, I saw Tony Calvin write about this at the start of the week, suggesting they might get really deep ground. Um, and it has. There's been plenty of rain and it has turned soft. Um, but looking, you know, the weather's surprisingly okayish for the time of the year for the next couple of days. Um, so I think it's going to be, it, it's, it's not going to be any better than soft, but it's not going to be that, that kind of ground where you're looking for something that needs, that really wants heavy ground. Um, so, you know, that's, uh, I, I think that's very straightforward. Uh, soft, soft, but not hog deep. Not, not, not an extreme. The concerns so, that we had are, are not necessarily there now. Um, I, I, I knew I wouldn't be original with this because I, I just knew you were going to go Isabella Giles as well. And as much as I like Shale, and I really like Shale, and uh, I think Rixie's point about backing her for the one thousand guineas is something that we should be doing to keep us warm over the winter. But Isabella Giles is too big a price here. She's as I as I look at the screen. Let me just refresh the racing post so that I'm absolutely certain that this is right, and so that I'm not doing something that Rory Delargy can accuse me of and go, "Why are you quoting the shortest shortest price as usual, <laughs> you you moron?" Yeah, she's a best price eleven to two. It's t- it's too big, and she's we know she handles Newmarket, so yeah, let's uh, let's let, let's go with Isabella Giles, uh, unless of course you would like to go with James, in which case it's Inigo Girl for for James. So. Reverse forecast? Yeah, nothing. Would, 
Worth mentioning the draw very briefly. You, you've got different stalls positions on Friday and Saturday, as far as I'm aware. You've got the stalls um, far side, which is where they were for <laughs> yeah. last year's race um, on Friday, and then on Saturday, the stalls on the stand side. And um, there shouldn't be a massive bias um, a draw. But theoretically, you should be you should be drawn well uh, with a low number on Friday because you'll be near that rail. But if you watch um, the last few years, uh, a new market of this mean when the stalls have been there. Horses can actually come up towards the middle of the track, and they're not—they're not lost on the ground. Um, that shouldn't be a massive issue. We're not looking at watering here, where you kind of, which can produce a bit of a golden highway. I don't think that'll be a huge problem, but I think there will be a, a draw advantage on Saturday for the horses drawn high. Okay, so Saturday, watch out for horses who are drawn high. Uh, let's very briefly touch on the 225, the Godolphin Lifetime Care Oh-So-Sharp Stakes Group 3. And my voice is literally going to go again, so I'm going to do this extremely fast and then hand over to James. Uh, thinking of you, heads to the betting for Aidan O'Brien and Ryan Moore at 11-4. to 4. Uh, Nazura at 3, it's gone. Uh, James, your thoughts on the race? Yeah, thinking of you, Joseph, trained by Joseph O'Brien, um, his favourite, but she didn't do anything quickly last time um, at the Curra, and it, I don't think it was particularly good group three with Elysium trained by Noel Mead coming through and sort of nicking it with a, a late run. So I'd be sort of happy enough to oppose her despite, you know, assuming she, she'll improve for this. Um, I think Nazuna, obviously behind Isabella Giles last time, ran really, really Sorry, well. Sorry, James, did I say yeah. Aidan O'Brien trains that horse? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, further proof that I'm an idiot. Apologies. Uh, Joseph O'Brien trains for Coolmore and a daughter of American Pharaoh. But you're. Ah, key- sure, they're all the same. They're ah, all sure. Sure, is the one family. Sure, is the one family. And and long may their success continue. You're keen to take a run though, and so in, in that case, uh, you're looking at a horse who you think is making the market. So, who are you taking a run with? Yeah, I think there are, there are the two obvious ones quite close to her in the market, Nazuna and Saffron Beach. Um, Nazuna obviously ran really well in the Rockfell behind Isabella Giles. She shaped really nicely in, in the sales race Doncaster before that when she came from way off the pace and the, having with the winner making all. Um, she's, you know, top, top rated on RPRs and I think she's likely to improve again. I think she'll probably take some stopping. Um the other interesting one is Saffron Beach, who was really impressive uh, a couple of weeks ago in in a maiden, a filly's maiden at, at, at the track. Um, Jane Chappelheim trains, and she's had a really good year with her two-year-olds, actually. Yeah. Um, she's got another one running, I think, at York t- tomorrow uh, in a nursery. That's probably got quite a good chance. And the Saffron Beach is really, really impressive, beating a couple of horses with experience. Um, so I could definitely see, see her coming out on top. And I, th- I think my, the way I'd probably go would be uh, talking forecast probably just reverse those two because um, I wouldn't be too dogmatic about which is the best but I, I, I would be keen to take on thinking of you well, followers of Isabella Giles will want to see Nizura run a big race here, and I'm quite keen on the fact that you're so confident about her. I also really like uh, the forecast, because if we can get thinking of you out of the frame, then that forecast could pay quite nicely. Uh, but Rory, are you in agreement with James? Yeah, exactly. I'm in total agreement with James here. Again, I'm, I'm not mad on this race from a punty point of view. Um, but the the, um, uh, the ones that interest me are um, Saffron Beach because you might get a better price four to one now, um, but I still think people fundamentally won't believe that Jane Chapel Hire should be winning races like this and they'll allow this to go off at a, at a bigger price. Very impressive, 
uh, over a course of distance on debut. Not bred to be especially precocious, being a daughter of New Bay. Um, will handle the softer ground, you would have thought, as well. Um, and, you know, she, she won by a, by a pretty big margin in what looked a competitive maiden and also did that in a, um, in a very good time as well. So she deserves to be towards the, the top of the market, Saffron Beach. Um, and Nazuna uh, represents the, um, the Isabella Giles form. So if you, want to be, if you wanted to be clever, you could do Nazuna and Isabella Giles, Isabella Giles in a double. Um, you know, it's kind of a, a related double. If you, if you believe the Rockville Stakes is, is very solid form, uh, then that pair. No, Rory. A, no, Rory. Let's do a patent because let's no, find let's find a third a horse. Let's find the third horse for the day. So uh, the ten past four is the last race we're going to talk about. This is the Bet Three Six Five Old Rolly Cup handicap. I've backed one in this. I'm reasonably confident about uh, this horse until I spoke with Rory Delargy in pre-production. <sighs> So let's start off. Uh, and look, I apologize for my voice. It could go at any second, and I'm trying my best to keep it going. So here we go. Um, Shardos heads the betting for David Egan and Roger Varian, seven to one. Brilliant light for Said Bin Saroor and Oshin Murphy, nine to one. Doubling dice, Hugo Palmer and Andrea Tsini, nine to one. Uh, Surrey Pride is tens, and Galata Bridge, eleven to one. The selection of me. And already backed for Sir Michael Stout and Ryan Moore. Uh, that is my bet. And um, I'm very hopeful. However, Rory Delargy wants to rain in my parade. Come on, Rory. Come on. Yeah, well, I, d- I don't really want to rain in your parade. I think I think Delata Bridge has got, has, um, uh, got plenty in its favour in, in terms of how I look at this race. Um, if, you, if you don't bother looking at the figures here, you think, right... It's a big field handicap on a right-handed track. You want to have something. Let's have a look. You're going to, yeah, you want to have something low. Um, but the stats don't really matter. In fairness, it's, it's a pretty fair track, New Market. But statistically and historically, big fields and softish ground here at New Market, they will tend to come stand side in the straight. And that gives an advantage to horses who are drawn high. Galata Bridge is drawn 11. Uh, that's not a problem at all. Stall 10, I think, is the winning most stall uh, I mean, in uh, double-digit fields here. Um, but surprisingly, uh, the stall that's done best uh, in this race in recent years, stole 17. Uh, that's not a reason in itself to be back in a horse. I really like the horses drawn a stall 17, doubling dice. There's also a front runner, which is a positive here. Again, the, the thing to bear in mind with, with Newmarket, you don't want to be a short runner, but if, you're, if you've got a bit of class, I would rather be in front um, heading into the dip at Newmarket than trying to get revved up for a run from the rear of the field going into the dip. Um, it's just, you know, if you're, if you're coming from off the pace, you like to be able to come with one simple run. And the problem with the dip is you tend to need to change your stride pattern in there. And that doesn't tend to suit horses who are finishing off. Um, so I want, I don't want necessarily an out and out front runner, but I want a horse who can race fairly prominently and who aren't going to be put off the stride pattern by doing that. Doubling dice has won his last two starts from the front. Um, he won a novice at Hamilton by 15 lengths. Now, we're always told when a horse wins by a wide margin, be very wary of it because it can be misleading. And obviously, there are aspects of that. The horse who was um, third in that contest um, was beaten, or sorry, fourth even, was the favourite, was beaten 27 lengths, I think. Um, but uh, Doubling dice did it really well. There was no hint of a look about it. If anything, he was gearing down slightly at the at the line. The second and third were being ridden out as well. So it wasn't one of those. It might have been three lengths um, 
uh, you know, but it ended up being 15 because of the state of the ground. He was genuinely valued for winning by a, by a wide margin. Uh, the handicap would give him a mark of 82 in the back of that, which is surprising given the second horse was rated at 67. Um, and the the favourite was rated 77 in that contest. Um, I thought 82 looked a very workable mark for his handicap debut, and he went and got the job done by winning at Haydock last time out. Um, he wasn't wildly impressive, given that he was a 5-4 to favourite. He held on by half a length. Um, but I still think, I, I thought he had a little bit in hands. He was maybe... The aggressive ride maybe didn't suit the track quite as much as it did at um, at Hamilton before that. But he will he will handle the softer ground. Um, the going was good at Haydock. Oh, we expect it to be soft uh, at any time of the year. He's going to get softer ground here, which I think will suit him really well. He just looked at a, a thorough galloper um, at Hamilton. Uh, I don't want to say Newmark and Hamilton are similar, but you do have this going into a dip and then coming back out again uh, at both tracks. And you're climbing at the finish. Uh, I think he will prefer the stiff finish more than he did the, the flat track at Haydock last time out. Um, and I think even though he's got a six-point penalty, flat, I think the handicap would just give him the wrong mark in the first place. You know, and I wonder if he'd gone off at two to one on for his Hamilton uh, race, he ended up going off nine to two, third favourite that day. Mm. Um, and I wonder. I think you know the automatic conclusion is the beaten horses must have disappointed. They're not given, they're not given the running on the ground. And those horses met again next time out and they finished sixth and seventh in a handicap at Beverly. So I'm not suggesting for a second that it's really warm form uh, behind him. But to win by 15 lengths, uh, you've got to be, you know, 20, 25 pounds better than your opposition at that trip. And he looked every inch off it. Um, I, I still think that idiot is a, is a lenient mark for him. Uh, and hopefully... Um, Andrea Atzani will, will let him rule forward from Sol 17. Trushan won from 17 last year. Scarlet Dragon won from 17 three years ago. Uh, the winner of the race in 2018 was drawn 10 of 11. Uh, the other winner in the last four years was drawn 15 of 16. You know, if you need any more evidence that a high draw is not a problem in this race, you just got to look at previous results. And, and doubling dice is nine to one. And I know this is a really competitive race and there are plenty of horses going forward and your selection, Galata Bridge, been doing its, its winning on the all-weather. Um, no reason why that shouldn't be fully effective on turf and some of these horses will be jumping forward 10, 12 pounds in terms of their ratings. But this is definitely one of them doubling dice and I think he, he could be a 100-plus horse. I know the connections think he is. Um, and I think there's an awful lot to like. Okay. I'm not cashing out. I'm sticking with uh, Galata Bridge, but I very much, very, very much respect your opinion. And you are indeed correct. Uh, 10 to 1, now into 9 to 1 for doubling dice. Maybe Rory's been placing bets behind our backs. Uh, who knows? Uh, James, your thoughts on the race. Are you with Rory, me, or are you going solo? Uh, well, I'm going solo, I think. Um, Rory's talking nonsense about the draw. It's not 17 you want, it's six, yes! 16. Fight! 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 <laughs> Six, six, 16 is the number um, uh, I like Lunsey's I thought he was really impressive at Kenton um, last time in a, in a sort of small field race but they were all seemingly quite you know, potentially well handicapped and a lot of words for um, pretty much the whole field and he's a big grey horse and he just got going in the, in the straight and was really quite comfortable in the end beating Star of Winds is a horse I, I do rate I think is well handicapped and although they keep losing money on him um but yeah, I just I just think Luncey is is improving, you know, since he's been gelded, and this season is really really going really going forward. And I I just I think he's sort of he's 
you know, I think you probably need a group horse to win this, and, and there's a few that could turn into turn into one. Um, but this is Lunty's is my favourite. I just really like the way he did it in a competitive race. Um, and I think, you know, he's got a penalty as well, but I think he can he can defy that. Okay, uh, I think we've got a try cast there. Oh Lord! <laughs> I think we've got a tricast combination tricast, obviously, and, uh, and 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 fortunes could be made. Um, Newmarket Saturday this time, and we have to start with the feature race of the day, the race that Roy Delargy knows that I love more than any other. The race that has been won by superstars, Kew Gardens, Norway. Coronet, a proper derby trial race. The Godolphin flying start, Zetlin stakes the group three. And uh, Aidan O'Brien, interestingly enough, um, has got uh, Moigler Studs Curiapos. Let's go with that pronunciation, shall we? Uh, she is, he is even owned by, uh, yeah, I know it's terrible. Um, uh, what, what do you want me to say? I can barely speak today. Uh, and my pronunciations are generally horrible in the first place. But she's beautifully bred. She, I've, I've done a Caitlyn Jenner on it again. He is beautifully bred. Um, much to the frustration, I imagine, of Dermot Weld, um, because as Rory pointed out in pre-production, it's almost certainly a full share situation, being the fact that by he's by Galileo, uh, hence why Coolmore are involved and hence why he's trained by Aidan O'Brien. But he is impeccably bred um, to Jewel, uh, Search for a Song, um, Jewel St. Ledger winner, Search for a Song, Falcon 8 and Free Eagle, all being relations. Uh, the market that I have in front of me is completely and totally wrong. I would love to be taking the 11 to 2 uh, that is currently standing in front of me, but I believe the best price that you can get about this horse is 7 to 4. Uh, so, James, you love juvenile races. Take it away. The Godolphin flying start Zetlin stakes. What are your thoughts, my man? I think it's a bit of a shame how it's cut up from the entries, um, but you can understand why that, you know, the beautifully bred Aidan O'Brien horse's favourite. The last furlong at Galway uh, on debut, it looked really impressive and in heavy ground, looked like a proper horse, but for most of that race, it was really a struggle. Um, and obviously, this is a race that's going to test stamina, and it looks like it's all about stamina, but I'd you know, there's a chance it might get lost in at Newmarket, and so you're tempted to take it on. But then there's nothing at really t- tasty prices that I like in here. Um, I've been a big fan of Lone Eagle all season, actually, um, and it was it was good at Doncaster last time. It made all in, into the headwind, and he's he's another by Galileo, and he, I think he 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 he'll be suited by this sort of test, um, and I think he's one I'll end up on. Uh, Fabulous is a bit tricky to to weigh up because. He's not looking really exciting, but he's improved quite a lot with each start. And he's just the sort of horse that seems to be doing enough, gets to the front and does enough. And he's going to keep improving, particularly into next year. So it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if something like him took a big step forward. But it's not one I'd be confident on. But, but Lone Eagle is a horse I sort of want to stick with this season, I think. Okay, so Lone Eagle, uh, another by Galileo and bred by Battle Lynch Studge, who have been having a, a fantastic season and uh, long may that continue. Uh, local here in Kilkenny, so not at all biased towards them. Um, Rory, I know that you're uh, kind of lukewarm on the juvenile races, so briefly your thoughts on the yeah, uh, on the Zetland. Uh, and particularly at, at races over a mile and a quarter, um, given there's a very limited opportunity for, for uh, staying two-year-olds to run. Um, 
Kiprios looks like it could be very exciting and I'd like to see him win because I want exciting horses to win races like this and the two-year-old form has been a little bit muddling so far but I couldn't I couldn't punt him at the prices but at the same time I don't know an awful lot about him other than the fact that he was impressive on his day but he'll handle the grind that he's bred to be absolutely top-notch so I'll not be laying him either um, I would be fairly neutral I take the point in Lone Eagle he's proven on the grind um, and um, he's you know he's the best horse on the form so far but he's had three chances and Kiprios has only had the one. So I, I would just favour Kiprios, but it'll be a no-bet race for me. Okay, let's see how Kiprios does. That's the 145. Very briefly, we'll touch on the Emirates Autumn Stakes, the Group 3, and uh, Emirates, if you are listening. If you would like to send James, Rory, and myself to Dubai, first class uh, fly Emirates, then we will be more than welcome to accept the invitation. You can contact us uh, via Twitter, at Radio Emirates, and I'll make sure the lads are looked after. Obviously, flights will be first class, and obviously, when it's all safe to do so, uh, preferably for Super Saturday or for the Dubai World Cup, assuming the world hasn't come to a complete and total end and we're all allowed to go back and actually uh, hang out with each other again. Currently, the betting for this race, as I get that uh, pathetic attempt at uh, free stuff, uh, although I did manage to blag... Breeders' Cup swag, so, you know, never mind. Who knows? Emirates could get in touch. Uh, one ruler heads the betting for Godolphin, uh, currently at 100 to 30, alongside Van Gogh for Aidan O'Brien, the rivals Coolmore, and they were really uh, sparring uh, with each other in the Tattersall's uh, sales during the week as well, which was great to see, the, the old sparring partners. Uh, Van Gogh's joint favourite at 130, with Ryan Moore declared. Maximal for uh, Sir Michael Stead and Oshin Murphy is fives, and Dubai, once again for Godolphin, six to one, with uh, James Doyle on board. James, you can take the lead on this one again, because again, it's a juvenile race, and so this is your thing. Um, briefly, the 220, the Emirates Autumn Stakes Group 3. Yeah, well, it literally is my thing, actually. I should have said I'm, I'm rating the two-year-olds for the racing post at the moment. Um, and, and Sorry, could you say that again, James? I didn't quite hear. I'm, I'm, I'm so the two-year-old handicapper for the Racing Post now. That's, oh, that's really? So, yeah. <laughs> so every time you read the Racing Post and you read about uh, juveniles and their racing, that's your that's work me at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm reading right now in front of my screen, where it says one ruler has a rating of 102, and Van, well, Van Gogh doesn't have a rating, but I'll forgive you that. But maximum. Well, that's, that's the official. That's the official rating. I'm, I'm the RPR column to the right there. Even better. So the Orpior column, uh, Dubai, Dubai, uh, 111, One Ruler, 111, Van Gogh, 120. This is all your work. Yeah, um, they've been adjusted slightly. When, um, so later on, it'll slightly change. But yeah, Van, Van Gogh has come out top rated here, largely because of the run behind Cadillac. Um, he was a bit disappointed, though, I thought, at the car last time. Even though he won, mm. you know, you could say all he had to do was win. and But it wasn't... A, Particularly impressive performance, and yeah, I only it, gave him 80, 89 for that one. Didn't paint a pretty picture, did it? No. no. Oh, but um, I'm ah, oh, dearie. <laughs> Hold on, Rory. Hold on, sorry. You deserve more. Apologies. Shut up. Go on. on you yeah, go. no, he 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 deserves to be favourite, I think, on that Leperstown run. But I'd be happy enough to have a go at taking him on. There's lots of really nice horses in here. Um including Maximal, One Ruler, etc. But I think the, the bet for me is, is, is latest generation. Um, 
out of Rosina, who I, who I liked, and he reminds me of Rosina actually. But he's by Frankel, and he he was he ran behind one ruler on debut, and a really nice sundown maiden. And then Doncaster last time he was sort of always in control from the front. When he when he was asked to go forward, he changed his legs a number of times, looking a little bit green. I just think there's a there's a sort of big step forward in there, and I'd be willing to take a chance with something like him in this race, just in, in case what we saw from Van Gogh last time was representative of his ability, which it may not be, but. I think he's he's worth taking. I'm, I'm a bit surprised one ruler is is joint favourite with him because he was a little bit underwhelming behind Nee Mandate last time. But I guess Nee Mandate has has boosted that form quite considerably, so you can sort of see why he's up there. But yeah, I, I think latest generation is a pretty big price. All right, Rory, for you. I'm going to take a bit of a punt on this. I've, I've struggled with it a little bit, but I do think that that the high draws will be favoured and. Van Gogh has drawn in stall two, which could be a bit of a negative, although he's got the speed to uh, to attack across. Um, but I'm going to give Carter one more chance. He's been a wee bit disappointing since being really impressive on his race course by at Newbury. The interesting thing about him, all his runs, apart from one, have come in good ground. Um, the one time he's raced on faster than good, he ran his most disappointing race. Um and he is bred to handle softer ground, being a son of Knight of Thunder, um, and out of a Dancini mare as well. So I, I wouldn't have sworn watching him early in the season that he was a horse who would improve um, for soft ground because he, he looks quite a fluid mover on his debut at Newbury. Um, and I wouldn't want to be backing him with serious money either, given that you know he's, he's essentially not really progressed from his debut. But he's been running in group company all the time, and he's never been disgraced. Um, and if, um, by some chance, he actually is better on, on, on the softest grind that he's um, encountered, he certainly doesn't get better with quicker grind, um, then he's, he's very well positioned for a horse who, who races forwardly uh, in stall 10 of 10. Um, and he's 16 to 1, and you'll probably get bigger than 16 to 1 as well in the morning because people have been stung too often by him, and they're looking for horses who are progressive at this stage of the season. So I think you get 20s and bigger about him, and I'd be inclined to throw a, a minimum stake at him at that kind of price. But it is really a case of, of, of minimum stakes because he's clearly not one to, to trust implicitly in what we've seen recently. Damn, we're getting big prices here from the lads. Um, once again, that's uh, coming out of stall 10 and is currently 16 to 1, Roy. Yes. All right. Number eight, Kadar for Mark Johnston. Braveheart himself. Uh, the 255 is a race that I've been very much looking forward to. The Darley Dewhurst Stakes Group 1. I do not trust the betting one second at all because it just appears as though it's all wrong. Although maybe it's right now. Uh, Chint is currently heading the betting and we can see why. We've talked about him on the podcast before. Uh, we know how highly he's regarded by connections, particularly by Richard Hannon Jr. And he was very impressive last time out. Thunder Moon for Joseph O'Brien and Declan McDonough. Uh, is 11 to 4, second favorite, Chint 5 to 2. Uh, Alkamat is 13 to 2. Al Bashir is 10s. Wembley is the selection of Ryan Moore uh, at 10 to 1. And St. Mark's Basilica will have Frankie de Torre on board, who is 14s, which makes this decision quite easy for me because if I was willing to back St. Mark's Basilica in France, then I'm more than willing to back him at 14s 
in the Dewhurst when, once again, unfortunately, Battleground is absent. But James Norris, it's a juvenile race. So again, take it away from me. You're in charge of the RPORs for these horses um, on the racing post, that is. What is your current thinking um, on uh, the Dewhurst? And I can't help but notice that St. Mark's Basilica has uh, an RPOR. Am I right in thinking is an RPOR of 125? Um, well, it would be adjusted um, for this race. You, you need to look at his, you know, essentially his, his best performance the last time out gave it 112. Um, so adjusted, it comes out at 125 here. And, you know, I could definitely see a case for him. With him, You know, he shaped really, really well, looking a little bit green behind Thunder Moon. Um, it's a really, really tight race, this one, on racings. Um, Thunder Moon is top. And I think whoever wins this race will be the sort of leading two-year-old of the season. Mm. Um, and yeah, so Th- Thundermoon come out, comes out top, you know, because he, so, he was so impressive that turn of foot last time when he got completely got knocked over almost. But just a couple of pounds behind him is a horse I do like. I mentioned a little bit earlier, but it's Cadillac. He he's, seems very light on his feet and reminds me a bit of um, Lamato actually, now he moves, but... Um, Lamato retired today, which is a shame. But um, he was very impressive when he went past Van Gogh. Sorry, so I was, I was not, I was not aware of that, by the way, and I'm very sorry to hear that yeah. because he was he, for all the fact that we took the piss out of the cloud seeding and all that kind of malarkey that went on with the with the owner, uh, Lamato was uh, was a fantastic racehorse, and um, I wish him a very long and happy retirement. Yeah, yeah. There's just just the way Cadillac sort of lights on his feet and. You know, he, he proved he stayed a mile last time. He was quite impressive the way he left Van Gogh behind him. Um, he, people got very excited about him on debut. Apparently, very good time there. The you know the very the soft ground that the Curra in between seemed to catch him out. So I hope it's not going to be an issue here. I, I suspect he was probably just not quite at his best there either. I I, I quite like him here um, at a reasonable price. Chindits, you know, has been impressive all the way through, and. The, the talk coming from Richard Hannon is that his work's unbelievably good and things like that, but I think that's that's sort of factored into the price now, and it's a little bit alarming for Etonian that seems to be all all the hypes on Chindit because I, I quite like Etonian as well, um, although he should, probably should oh, have Richard won Hannan more. Said, Richard Hannon says Etonian wins the Guineas as well, so yeah, yeah he's <laughs> got to make his mind up. Does does he want Chint to win the the New Market two thousand Guineas and Etonian to win the Irish two thousand Guineas? Is that it? Maybe I mean um, Etonian's. Dad went to, went to France, didn't he, for the French Guineas? Um, so maybe they'll do something. Will like that, we yeah. even be allowed? Will we? Don't mention yeah. the B word. Don't. Just, just, just. Yeah, focus on this. Cadillac was was very, very impressive last time out. So on on a level of confidence, how confident are you uh, about him? Because I, I think he just lacked experience when beaten on his second well, start. But that was much more like it last time out. Hmm. I don't think I can't really be confident here because there are so many really really exciting horses. Like Alchemate loved his performance in the uh, Mill Reef, and obviously Chindit's done well. I wouldn't even be sure Chindit's going to confirm the form with Al Bashir because you know he 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 got thrust into daylight quite early on there into that wind, while Chindit kept him under cover and and made his his, his move late. So it'll be interesting to see who, who comes out top there. Um, you obviously like St. Mark's Basilica, and, and I. I Five thousand to one to horse who I just love how he moves. He really stretches his toe out. Mm. I think that's the Franklin him. But again, I suspect better ground will suit him. But he's definitely one for next year. It's just, it's just you know, I, I, if you came to me with nine or ten of these and said I fancy them, I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised. 
but I just there's just something like the way Cadillac goes about it and the fact that he's proven over over further. Um, I think he'd probably be versatile in how the races run. Um, so it's it's not really bullish, but I, he's he's not far off top rated, and I I could see him just just getting there and coming out on top here. I'm not sure who's on duty. I imagine it's Nick Luck and Lydia Hislop and Jonathan Neeson and they'll all have to safely distance and all that malarkey. But God, they're going to have a lot of fun building up to this race because it's going to be something else. So Rory, you've heard from James, you've heard from me, but what about you? I think it's a, it's a really cracking contest. Um, again, I would focus a little bit on the, um, on the draw. I, I don't think there's an awful lot, as, as James said, between um, Al-Bashir and Shindit. I was with Al-Bashir um, in the Champagne Stakes um, last time out, but I thought, I thought it was tough between them. Uh, and you can, you can mark him up for that performance. A, it was only the second one of his life, and B, he was more into the, uh, uh, into the teeth of the wind, as it were. Um, than, than Shinda was. But again, Shinda's drawn 13 here, which I think is going to be a positive draw. Um, he will handle the softer ground as well, I would have thought. Um, wooden Bassets love the, love the soft ground in France, don't they? Um, we had, uh, we had a, a winner and a close third on Arc Day, um, sired by Wooden Bassett, the, um, the Abai winner, of course, uh, Wooded, and the uh, filly who was, um, uh, who was third in the, uh, in the opera. Uh, of James Fanshaw's Adaria, uh, also by uh, by Wooden Bassett. So you know his his form, his wins at Ascot and Doncaster came in good to firm, but he won in good to soft on his debut, and I wouldn't have thought he'd have a, he'd have a problem with the grind. Uh, so he would just about be my pick in the in the race. You know, uh, ignoring all the the hype from the stable. Richard Hannan is the kind of trainer who's always going to be very positive about his horses, and you've got to read between the lines with that. This is all about form now and and opportunity. So. Um, I, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not reading between the lines there. I just think, you know, what I've seen of him and, and the uh, the scenario he has here uh, will suit him down to the ground. But it's a cracking contest, um, and you're live. You're almost certainly going to have the Guinea's favourite coming out of this, uh, as it stands. Absolutely. The only thing that frustrates me about this is that yet again, we don't get to see Battleground, who to me is the most exciting juvenile in training and it would have been brilliant to see him in the Vincent O'Brien national stakes it would have been great to see him here but unfortunately we don't get to so we'll have to wait and see um, but you're right whoever wins this is going to be the 2000 Indies favourite without question and this is a race for Rory Delargy. it's going to be a race for James Norris as well but it's definitely a race for Roy Delargy. The Together for Racing International Cesarewich Handicap. It is live at 3.35 over two miles and two furlongs. And to be absolutely certain that I have the correct betting, because I had to edit out a brutal mistake that I made earlier on, Coltrane heads to the betting at 8-1. to one. Great White Shark for Jason Watson and Willie Mullins, also 8-1. to one. Not so sleepy, 10s. Uh, Leon Cavallo for our good friend David Pipe, who'll be back on the show soon for a stable tour. Uh, 10s. Dalton Highway, 14s. Summer Moon, 16s. Rock Eagle, 16s. I could be here all day naming horses. Rory Delargy, you love a big field handicap. They do not become much bigger than the Cesarewitch. Crack it for us, please. Give us the winner of the 2020 Together for Racing International Cesar, which handicap. Do it for the final Furlong Podcast team. 
Uh, I had a, a um, you could make a short list of 20 in this race, um, but I had a short list of two, and one of them is a non-runner. Um, and I will ha- I'm going to have a look at the race again um, after we do this and with a fine-tooth comb. But um, uh, my initial take was uh, that my old friend, Just Hubert, um, who uh, provided us with a 25-to-1 winner when he won the what was the Goodwood Stakes earlier in the season, um, is the horse to, to go with again. Um, he's stuck in the middle draw. I don't think the draw is going to make a massive difference here. When the ground's quick at Newmarket, um, or, you know, it's often a big advantage to be drawn in single figures in the Cesaro, which, but on, on, on softer ground, they spread out across the track um, and it doesn't confer much of an advantage. And on the only, um, the only race in, in recent times where the, the track has been described as, as soft um, or worse, I think the um, the placed horses came from stall 28, 23, 20, and 6. Um, I don't know which one of those won, to be perfectly honest. I could go through it and find out for you. But, um, yes, I wouldn't be worried about being drawn wide. In fact, I'd probably rather be drawn slightly wider than I am with just Hubert. But for me, the, the key to him is he just he wants a trip. Um, he's been racing on good grounds recently, but he's got some... Um, he's out of an authorised mare. Um, and he's got he's got plenty of form um, in his younger days um, on softer turf. So he, he's he's pretty much immune to it. As a as a youngster, he won. Um, uh, I say a youngster as a uh, as a yeah as a two year old, he won over a mile and a quarter at Pontefract, which is a real test. Shows that stamina is very much his strong suit. Um, and that was on soft grounds. Um, his wins then the following season all came in good to firm. But you know, he, he ran in a listed race on heavy at Ascot and wasn't disgraced. Um, he was fourth on heavy grounds um, at Chester um, early in the season over a trip short of his best. Um, I don't think he's going to have a problem with soft ground. Um, and again, his, his win at uh, Goodwood was, was a good ground. It's just the, the, what's been thrown up at him, to be perfectly honest, this season. Um, and I think he'd be happy enough. He's a horse who takes a little bit of knowing. Um, and Tom Arcon got a really good tune out of him when he won at, at Goodwood. And in a manner of speaking, I prefer to see um, Tom on him. But PJ McDonald, I hope, will do a perfectly good job. He needs humouring a little bit, just humour, but he needs to be bullied a little bit as well. Uh, I felt, as I said, when we previewed Goodwood, I thought um, I'm a massive fan of Holly Doyle, but I thought he took the mickey out of Holly a little bit on his previous start at uh, Newbury, where he was never nearer uh, than at the, the finish and finishing set, uh, seventh of 11 in, in what was the Marsh Cup. Um, is it still the Marsh Cup? It is indeed. Uh, and then he improved to win it at Goodwood. Uh, the step up to two and a half miles was very much in his favour there. He didn't do anything very quickly in that race, but you could see some way out that he was going to get there or go very close to getting there under a drive from Tom Marcon. And he's been racing over shorter trips uh, since. His better effort was over uh, two miles at Goodwood last time. Uh, it maybe Goodwood really suits him, but actually, if you look at the race he ran in, um, Holly Doyle very much got a revenge by uh, by beating him that day, riding Staghorn. Um, Staghorn was very well handicapped the way that went. He was a, an improving three-year-old, um, and Holly uh, set out to make all the running that day and just got her fractions absolutely perfect. Just Hubert wants to come from off the pace, um, and his chances of winning that race were minimised uh, when Holly Doyle basically took the race by the scruff of the neck, and she wasn't for stopping. Uh, he got closest in second. That was a, a pretty good performance on a par with what he did in the Goodwood Stakes, I thought. Um, but the return to two and a quarter miles will suit him down to the ground. 
Um, and I think he's got a he's got a pretty good chance on that basis. Just remind us again, Rory, as to who your selection is. Just just Hubert is the pick. Just Hubert, uh, who costs twenty thousand guineas as a yearling. And oh, could, never mind what they and cost. Could a pay yearling. an absolute fortune at the weekend uh, for PJ McDonald and William Muir. So just Hubert has to go into your tracker and your notebook right now. Let's hear the selection though of James Norris for the. And I got to say it again. Together for Racing International, this is our which handicap that none of us can go see, but we can all watch on telly. Um, who do you like? Well, to be honest, I'm only here to get Roy's tip before everyone else, so that's good. Write that one down. <laughs> um, but for, for, for me, um, you know, if you look at last year's race, third and fourth, both running again. Similar conditions. Um, I think not so sleepy and Summer Moon are the two I like. Not so sleepy Looked like he'd improved when he went over hurdles last season, uh, straight after the this race. Um, obviously, it sort of derailed somewhat at Newbury in the Betfair hurdle when the start cost him completely. Oh, that was and an then, absolute joke. Yeah. And then he had a bit of a nightmare again at Cheltenham. But it was nice to see him come back a couple of weeks ago at Pontefract, win quite quite impressively. Um, this, I think this race is going to, you know, it does, it does suit him. He ran so well last year. Um, so I'd be happy enough to see to go with him and the other one again is, is Summer Moon who I mentioned he was he was third in the race last year he was third in the Ascot Stakes this this season I think if he'd ridden him slightly differently maybe kicked on a bit earlier he might have won that um, and then last time out he won at York a similar sort of staying test and I, I do like to see the moons they seem to stay all day and I can just see last season, last year's form sort of repeating itself hopefully okay I wonder who I could back I wonder who I could possibly fancy in this race. Rory? <laughs> Go on, Emmett. Have you not guessed it? Go on. What do you fancy? Transferred from the good doctor, who listens to the show, which I think was a little bit unfair, uh, and has since finished second, won by 13 lengths in a novice chase, and then... Uh, won pretty comfortably at Haydock. Leon Cavello for, oh, a, for a certain David Pipe will uh, will carry the Kennedy Millions in the big lottery on Saturday. Uh, I believe we can get 10 to 1 right now with Andrew Mullen booked. So that's who I will be uh, siding with. But I shall also be siding with uh, Rory's selection uh, and indeed... James's selection as well, because if you think that I am not taking their advice, then you're off your game completely. And the fact that James actually admitted, oh, I'm, I was just waiting to hear what, what Rory fancied before I, I said anything, says an awful lot. So get on, should we be getting on Just Hubert now, Rory? Or should we be waiting till Saturday morning I, until I, I those... Don't see him. Yeah, I, don't, I don't see him being. I don't see him being punted off the boards. Okay. Um, and I, I've also got to bear in mind. So you brought up the naps table. Yeah. You know, if I was if I was on the naps table, it's coming to the end of the season, and I was languishing some way behind the leader, and you have a lovely race like the Cesaro, which you go, ah, oh, right, I can actually back something with a bit of class at sixty-six to one in one of these. Um, that's. Uh, I need to look at the uh, at the rank outsiders uh, and see who might. Uh, who might embarrass me? I'll tell you who who is it? interesting other rank outsiders. Vis a vis. Vis a vis. Okay. 
beaten out of sight two starts this season. But... For, for Neil Van Holland. Yeah, but two years ago, he was fourth in this race of a seven-pound higher mark. Uh, I'd imagine um, this, they've had this in mind for him for a long time, but obviously he's coming back from, um, uh, from a long layoff. He was off the track for um, about 15 months uh, after running over hurdles at Wincanton in, in March last year. Um, so he would have been badly in need of his, um, of his runs in the flat this season. But if they've been working back from this um, and trying to get the handicap mark right and making sure that he's, he's spot on for the one day, uh, then he could be interesting at a big price. Okay. Handle, handle soft ground as well. Uh, Donna Keenan on board. He'll only have eight stone on the day. If I was punting a 66 to 1 poke in the race, it might be him. Vis de vis, number 28 coming out of stall 28. Are you in any way concerned, either of you? And James, we'll start with you about a high draw in the says. No, I think, as Rory said, I, I, I'm not sure it's going to matter too much. I think last year the first three were high, and then there was not so sleepy, it was drawn six. So. I mean, it just depends how the race plays out. I mean, I think not so sleep. Both my selections are quite forward going. They're both drawn low. So hopefully that's where the pace is going to be and they can see it out. Okay, so good news then for, for Leon Cavallo. And uh, lastly, yeah. last... Well, I'm going to throw that in. Um, uh, they often do come across to the stand side. Uh, in the old days, they tend, to, they tend to stay on the far reel and they'd maybe fan out a little bit behind to get room. When Withold won this, he came across the stands reel. He won from stall 24, beating the horse drawn in stall 28. Um, and James uh, said uh, last year uh, when Stratton won it, uh, he was drawn in stall 20. Uh, Party Playboys drawn in stall 23. Summer Moon drawn 28. So actually, in recent years, you've been finding that the higher you are, uh, almost the better. You've got to have a chance in the first place, and you've got to. It helps to be reasonably handy to take advantage of your of your draw in terms of track position, but wouldn't be at all worried about a high draw in this race. Well, William Mullins has won the last two runnings of this race with Low Son when Shimmy Heffern was on board. Uh, Jason Watson partnered uh, Stratham Albion uh, to victory last year. It's Great White Shark with Jason Watson on again. And he heads the betting for the uh, Paddy Power Irish Cesarowicz at the Curra, which is the only race we're going to talk about there. And we'll talk about it very, 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 very briefly. Um, it may very well be uh, an epic weekend yet again again for Willie Mullins at Mount Leinster one of the most frustrating horses in training but hey he won last time out uh, is currently trading at around about 7-1 to one. Uh, Shushan Warrior for Aidan O'Brien uh, is a similar price Run for Mary for Charles Burns you always got to watch out for Charles Burns horse 8-1 to one. and uh, Cape Gentleman for Emmett Mullins is 10-1 to one. Uh, any interest in the race Rory uh, I will have, but I don't at the moment. Is the uh, is the answer to that? So, in um, other words, I'll, watch out for your Twitter and possibly your Sporting Life column. Uh, yeah, probably not the Sporting Life column because I'm I'm filling in for a young Mr. Tony Keenan on uh, his uh, Arthur Races column this weekend. So ah. um, that's where that might appear, unless Mr. Keenan has decided to uh, to cancel his holidays. And uh, is back. And no, 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 no. Keenan's got kids now. If if Keenan's on holidays, then he's on holidays. So you're definitely writing that column. Uh, yeah. So, so, I, haven't, so I haven't had a proper look yet. The problem with the problem with with doing that is when you concentrate on on uh, on two meetings here, and you think I'll squeeze the other one in as well. 
uh, your sort of lack of foresight tends to, to rebound on you. So I'm going to I'm going to wait until I'm done with New Market before I start looking at the Irish and then have it give it a proper look. Makes sense. And uh, watch out for Rory's Twitter where he'll promote where you can see that. Uh, James, for you. Yeah, this is a bit tricky at the moment. I haven't got the Dexter yet, obviously. Um, but I quite like William Allen's other horse, you know, the, the Mayor Royal Illusion. I remember seeing her bumper at Cheltenham, the November meeting, sort of three years ago. Um, she, and ever since then, I've been sort of seeing how she gets on. She's done pretty well this season. Um, well, I didn't know last season, sorry, but I just, I think there's, there's, we haven't quite seen the best of her yet. And they've, he's got Joey Sheridan on board, the Cadran hero. So. I'd be tempted to, her to, to, to check her out at a big price, but it's I'd probably wait for the decks at this stage. Okay. I might take a tentative selection, and uh, and it would be a tentative selection on good old Dawn Patrol. But um, I want to see more. I'm like Rory. I'm, I'm just going to wait for Rory's column and, and, and we'll see then because we just, we simply don't know enough yet. Uh, we haven't played this in, in a very, very long time. So uh, just before Rory goes, uh, let me ask you if uh, any of you have uh, something to add to an old feature from the show. And now on the final Furlong podcast, it's time for Interesting Ride of the Week. What the f*** is this shit? There's fellas out there. Anybody spotted anything that they thought was a bit? <laughs> they, thought, they thought was a bit uh, fishy. What you talk about? What you talk about? Crickets. <laughs> Total silence from from two of the best in the game, and they're like, "What? Dodgy rides?" Never! Five races a day, fella. But, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, if we believe John Frankham, then uh, who knows what the hell's going on. Uh, best bets. Best bets for the weekend. James Norris, let's start with you. Yeah, I think latest generation, the autumn stakes, is quite a big price. That's the one for me. Okay, I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to go with latest generation. So, uh straight away into the patent Roy DeLarge well given we covered Friday it's doubling dice for me like him a lot very oh, well handicapped Rory, why, why? Rory. just send him forward send him forward Andrea but, but Rory why, why are you doing that to me you're, 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 you've destroyed my bet now you've, no, you've got the forecast you've got nothing to worry about and that's too late I haven't done the forecast yet man that's no good to me oh my god all right. Uh, okay. So, Jesus. Now I've got to go and double down and, and back your horse. All right. If, if Galatica Bridge wins, I'll be doing handstands. If Doubling Dice wins, uh, I'll I'll probably just be crying somewhere. Um, most likely uh, on Xanax. Dewhurst uh, is too hot. Um, so yeah, yeah, this actually is quite simple for me. Um, Isabella Giles. Yeah. Isabella Giles is my nap of the weekend. Does that mean we all have race horses in different races? Oh, the patent. Is the patent on? 
Pimp is never at home. <laughs> they pay off, Rory. They pay off. In the long term, they pay off. I think it's on. I believe it is. What time is, is your race at, James? 2.20. Yeah, that's three different races. Two different days. We're okay. We're all right. And uh, I'll tell you what. Throw in St. Mark's Basilica at a ridiculous price and Frankie will cause a massive upset and we'll all see you in Dubai as we land the Lucky 15 instead of a Peyton. Never mind these Peytons. Go for the Lucky 15. Go harder. Go home. Uh, Rory delargi has got to go pick up the kids. Um, responsibilities, folks. Responsibilities. Rory, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Uh, I'm looking forward to chatting to you again very, very soon. Um, Sporting Life column up today. Yes. Excellent. All right. So make sure you go and read that now. Uh, in terms, oh, I see. yeah, there's still there's still there's still uh, three selections, I believe, on that Sporting Life uh, article uh, for today's racing. Prices have moved a little bit, and the tomorrow should be up at about uh, half five, six o'clock. Mr. Massey, in charge of, of of putting the words to today's piece, because uh, I've been doing this, but we had a chat earlier on, so I know what's going to be there. There uh, will be there will be a tricast on it. Oh, well, good man, Mr. Massey, good man! It's a combination forecast, but we, we sneakily mean TriCast, don't we? Of course we when do. When it comes up, obviously. Of, of course we do, yes. That's, that's obviously what we mean. We, we, we mean TriCast if it comes off, and if it doesn't come off, we mean forecast. That's the Kate Tracy way of doing things, and I quite like it. Um, uh, make sure you talk to David Massey about getting him on the show, and, uh, and we'll sort there that out go. very, very soon. Uh, James, looking forward to having you back on the show again very, very soon. And uh, check out theracingpost.com, where you can get all of the RPORs for juveniles, all courtesy of James Norris. Yeah, no, I've enjoyed it. And I, I suspect I'll probably be a piece on Sunday or next week explaining the ratings I give to this this weekend's two-year-old winners. So look out for that one. Will that be in the Racing Post or the Weekender? The Racing Post, yeah. It'll, it'll either be, I guess it'll be Sunday or early next week. Okay, I should know that because I subscribe to the Racing Post on the MacBook Pro. I also subscribe to it as in the digital paper, uh, and yet for some reason I did not know that. And I've read your article before, but I wasn't sure what day it was. But anyway, there you go. I don't even know what day it is now. Is it is it Friday? Who the hell knows? I'm so doped up on medication, I have no idea what's going on. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you once again for the kind words about the podcast with uh, Kevin Tobin. Kevin is an incredibly brave individual. And um, I have, I, I honestly haven't been able to reach out to everybody who has been unbelievably kind uh, to get in touch with emails and direct messages and uh, tweeting publicly as well about it too, which um, I, I, I greatly appreciate um, and and, uh, and greatly admire. But um, I, I, no names to be mentioned, but one person said that they were walking through uh, a park with their dog. They were listening to the podcast and they burst into tears because the symptoms that both of us were talking about, they realized they had. And they realized that they had to do something about it. Um, another person got in touch to say that she, having listened to the show and has listened to the show for years, is going to her GP. I believe she'll have spoken to her GP by now. Um, it doesn't really matter who it is you choose to speak to. I'm not a psychologist. And the, the sad thing about this is, and Rory's made this point in the show before, there is no simple answer to this, except for the fact that we all feel it. Everybody 
at one time or another feels it. And believe me, I felt it hard this week. Um, uh, I don't know whether it's to do with the, the fact that I'm physically drained and and didn't have a voice, but I, I didn't want to get out of bed and almost couldn't do the show on Monday and almost didn't do it today. Um, but if you can speak to a GP, do. If you can speak to someone you trust implicitly, and that's very, very important to say, then tell them. Um, and Rory has said before on this show, and that's a good one as well, that it's not always easy to reach out. Sometimes you want someone to reach out to you. I'm really sorry, but that's not always going to happen. And in those instances, either pick up the phone to the Samaritans or speak to your GP. Because if your GP is any way decent of a person at all, if they're any way like mine, like Dennis in, in Balancholic, who is, who is an absolute gentleman, then they will look after you and they will do right by you. Uh, thank you for the kind words. I will do my absolute best to respond to each and every message. I'm sorry that I haven't managed to do so so far. I just haven't felt well enough to do it, but I will. And look after yourself and take care. And as Kevin Tobin said on Twitter yesterday, be kind. From James Norris, from Donnick O'Brien, from Rory Delargy, and from me, Emmett Kennedy, have a fantastic weekend. Hopefully the gravy will flow. Sarah Lynham's with us Monday. Looking forward to that. We'll have an awful, an awful lot to chat about. Until then, take care. Good luck. God bless. Irish Interjockeys raises much-needed funds and increases awareness of the requirements for public funding to provide for our injured jockeys. The Irish Interjockeys Fund works with individual cases and also supports the Jockeys Emergency Fund, the Drawdown Memorial Fund and the Irish Jockeys Trust. With the nature of horse racing posing such a high risk to our jockeys on a daily basis, it's essential that we have a public fundraising vehicle in place through which we can raise much-needed funds on a regular and consistent basis. To show your support and find out the different ways you can help, log on to irishinjuredjockeys.com.